just yeah. like cosmos is it's a mystery. Yeah. It's interesting. I know there are many Christians who are just deeply suspicious of the sciences mm. because they think sciences have an agenda that are mm. anti-God. Mm. And, and that has been and is true mm-hmm. in some, though not all, yeah. wings of the sciences. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like saying sports are bad. <laughs> like, well, maybe some are. Uh, and really, I think what we mean is some people in different sports have maybe really distorted agendas and do yeah. things in destructive ways. But yeah. To just say. And it gets to as extreme as like science is lying to us about the earth being round. There's some people yeah, who yeah, think that's that. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. All the way to a less extreme of mm-hmm. maybe science is lying to us about the age of the earth or about how old these dinosaur bones are mm-hmm. to like maybe science is lying to us about what's happening with the climate. Like sure, there's sure. all of these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And these are the culture wars. These are the culture wars. That's right. And there's a way of like, in one sense, we're sidestepping that. And we're saying we don't have to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. But in another sense, the question here is saying, but when you do encounter those kind of things, mm-hmm. then what do you do? Yeah. So let's say you encounter and you trust mm-hmm. science enough that you're like, okay, these mm-hmm. animals roam the earth. Mm-hmm. But I also really trust the Bible. Yeah. So yeah. what am I supposed to think about dinosaurs? They are part of God's creation. Yeah. Yeah. Just like quasars are. The Bible mm. doesn't talk about quasars. Yeah. But they're real, <laughs> and they existed long before humans ever did. In many ways, there's no difference. And so here to where, where our bigger concepts of what is the Bible in the first place, it's God. It's our conviction mm-hmm. that like the beautiful mind is reaching out to us through the story of this people and through the authors of these texts, but has chosen to accommodate and speak through the language and culture and concepts of the people that wrote these texts. And if that's your foundation for understanding what the Bible is, then it makes quasars or dinosaurs a very interesting question, but they're not relevant to understanding the Bible because the Bible just doesn't talk about those things. Last but not least, we're going to listen to a question from Jesse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, John and Tim. This is Jesse Lusco in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You have been an immense help to me. Here's my question about the ancient cosmology series. Is there any indication that later biblical authors are aware of the discontinuities between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2? Do they see them as a unified whole? What about ancient rabbis or early Christians? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Cool. And so what he's talking about is Genesis 1. Genesis 1-1 through chapter 2, verse 3. That's right. This is a seven-day narrative. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it bleeds into chapter 2. Yeah is God creating out of the deep abyss yeah. in a seven day, uh, seven yeah. days. And humans show up on the sixth day yep. after the animals. Yeah. And then in the second story that starts in Genesis 2, 4, four slash 5. Yep. <laughs> God creates out of a wilderness mm-hmm. and humans are actually created... First. First, before the animals. Before the animals, yeah. And so those are kind of the big differences. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to spot, right? Yeah. So wouldn't have Correct. any of the other biblical authors been aware of these discrepancies right. and right. what did they do with them? Yeah. So we're back to the literal meaning. But if what we mean by literal is what these texts are designed to communicate. Mm-hmm. So if the purpose of the text was to give a unified linear sequence, mm-hmm. it's a very difficult reading experience. Yes. <laughs> the author, and that's what we experience. That's what we experience. So then I think that should force us to go back, oh, maybe the thing that I'm supposed to get here is not that. 
but another set of ideas. So if you begin to compare and contrast repeated words and categories, what you get is something more like, like think of two paintings. Oh, this goes back kind of similar to our conversation with John Walton. It's an illustration that he's used before that I like. Think of one as like a view of the night sky from a Hubble space telescope, mm-hmm. and then another view like uh, Vincent van Gogh's mm. uh, Starry Night. Mm-hmm. Two representations of the, night sky. of the same reality, the night sky. They're very different in their surface presentation. Yeah. And what if Genesis 1 and 2 are, are more like that? And so that both are giving complementary portraits of the nature of the cosmos, the role of humans and human identity within God's purposes in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that, they really are parallel. So, for example, the role of the spirit. This actually it's great for an example, and I just learned this. I taught a class on Ezekiel last week, and this hit me like a ton of bricks. So, in Genesis 1, God's spirit is present in the dark waters. In Genesis 1, verse 2, we talked about that, and uh, God begins speaking. In Genesis 2, God's uh, breath is present in that he infuses it into the dirt to make the humans. In Genesis, he does? His breath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah he breathes into to the, the, the mm-hmm. dust, uh, the breath of that life. That was already been formed. Yep, that's yeah. right. But the point is that God forms the dirt, mm-hmm. but the dirt is it's inert. Not a human yet. Yeah, or, I was about to rhyme. The dirt is inert. The dirt is inert. Uh, until God breathes into it. And turns it mm-hmm. into that's right. dirt. In Genesis 1, humanity is male and female already. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 2, there's just a singular human who is split, and then you have man and woman. Mm-hmm. So you have these different concepts. In Genesis 1, they're told to be fruitful and multiply. That language is not used in Genesis 2. It's about the two becoming one, flesh. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in the book of Ezekiel, there's a sweet set of 